love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. I always tell my kids they're my best medicine because they pull me out of that. Maybe in a sense, I'm one of the lucky ones because I've been given such a different perspective now where I do take time to recognize the beauty in such small things. Welcome back to the Canadian Love Map. I'm Nancy Regan. I simply cannot express in words how moved I was by the following conversation. Today's love story belongs to Heidi, who you may know as the recipient of Alicia McCarvel's charming surprise. Until May of this year, Heidi was living an idyllic life with her husband and four young, beautiful children on an Ontario dairy farm. Then, while the rest of the world was focused on the pandemic, Heidi received a diagnosis that trumped COVID. So where did she go from there? She took love to a whole new level. Heidi, welcome to the Canadian Love Map. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. You know, our podcast is all about love, different kinds of love. And I want to start with you by addressing what love means to you right now. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> That's a big question. But I would say I'm seeing love more so in action than I am in words, which I mean, we're a household where we tell our children that we love them all the time. Um, and my husband and I are no strangers to reminding each other how much we love each other. But I would just say that our community is just surrounding us with love, you know, by bringing meals, um, by sending mail, you know, such an old fashioned gesture, but it's just such a blessing when you're having a hard day and you get to open up a card that has encouraging words. Um, I mean, even just what charm has done for us, right. Um, with all the actions that they've shown us by gifting us with, um, gift certificates so that, you know, I can buy my children a piece of jewelry and put it in the hope chest that I have for each one of them so that if I can't be there on their wedding day, they have something from their mom. Um, so it's all those little things, even just a simple message being sent or a phone call, you know, just all those little acts of love are huge right now. I would love for you to go back and take us to the beginning of your love story with your husband, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm obviously a big fan. He's he's just uh, he's just such a gentleman, um, which can be hard to find. Um, so we go back to high school. He's three years older. So he was just leaving high school when I was entering into high school. But I always thought he was like, you know, the, the coolest dude. <laughs> Um, and then years later in university, uh, I had like taken a leap of faith and I called him and asked him if he could come to a wedding with me. Well, this was like before Facebook, 
So I didn't have like a relationship status to go by. Um, <laughs> and he brave. was dating someone. Yeah. So he was dating someone and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. You know, and uh, he was pretty good about it. But I think I planted a bug, he said in his ear, because when, you know, years later when they broke up, he came over to our house. I mean, it's small town. So Buck and Doe's, I'm not sure if they're a thing in Halifax or out east. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're pretty much like a party to celebrate the couple that's about to be married right. and you raise money for them. Got it. So um, he came to our home farm where I lived with my family to sell us um, buck and doe tickets, but I wasn't there. So that time had passed and we kind of saw each other on and off um, in the community. And then finally, one day, a date did come into play. And then from there, it's, it's funny because I remember telling my best friend that I was going to marry him (laughs) and then we got married eventually. Um, so it was really nice and we have, uh, yeah, I think we've been married. It will be coming up to eight years and we've got four children and we've built a home since that time and a dairy barn and changed career paths. And yeah, it's been I mean, he's definitely my saving grace. Wow. Yeah. So what was daily life like on the farm with four young children and your husband before your whole world shifted? Um, well, Rama always gets up at like 4.35 o'clock or 5.30, depending on what needs to be done. Um, and then because he's a farmer, it depends on the seasons. So sometimes he's gone all day and works late into the night. We usually see him at breakfast. The girls actually are amazing with helping with chores. So they'll head out to the barn and they can feed the calves bottles and clean the bottles and all of that. Like, that's what I love about living on a dairy farm because it can be really family oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and Conrad's only 10 months, but he's he's just as happy as can be sitting in his stroller looking at the cows um, while we kind of work around him. So that's what it's it's like. And then I was um, a high school teacher as well. So I would leave to go do that job. And the girls are now in, you know, in school. Alice was in daycare at the time. So it was forever changing, I would say, but we all complemented each other fairly well. So it was, it is a very nice lifestyle. Yeah. It seems to me that cows are a very peaceful calming kind of animal to be around is that right or wrong no I think you're so right and um we live on on an organic dairy farm so our cows it's so nice to see in the morning they'll walk out to the field and they'll graze and then when they come in um a lot of them have personality so some will come right up to you and nudge you and not realize how big they are sometimes but um (laughs) Yeah, they can be very friendly. And I've always said they're extremely therapeutic. Mm -hmm. You hear about therapy horses, but you don't really hear about cows. But as soon as you mentioned your son in his stroller being so content to just sit there, I thought about the energy of cows is pretty Mm -hmm. relaxing in a way. It is. And I, I even find it so comforting on my hard days where I know that movement is still important for my body. So if I just walk it to the barn and walk through the alley and just see them, it just makes me, I don't know, it just lifts my spirits a little bit. Heidi, 
I would love for you to tell us about the moment when your daily life changed because of your diagnosis, if you don't mind. Tell me as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Only that. Oh, for sure. Um, so at the end of April in 2021, I got a phone call on a Sunday afternoon from my family doctor. And I knew right away that that wasn't normal. Um, and my kids at the time were, they had set up a store and they were making cookies at a Play-Doh. And, and so we were having like a nice low key time as a family. And then I got the phone call to say that I, um, that the mass in my breast, they found to be breast cancer. And I kind of knew something was up. So I should rewind a minute here. So Mm -hmm. in 2019, I had Alice and she's our third daughter. Um, And at that time, I also had a biopsy done on a breast lump. Um, And it came back as lactation related. At the time, I was breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So this time around, I was breastfeeding Conrad. And I really assumed that it was lactation related or that it would be. But when I did go in for my biopsy, they biopsied um, a lymph node that they had found was swollen. Um, And so that kind of tipped me off that you know, maybe this could be more. Um, and so when I got the phone call, I was surprised. And then there was a part of me that was not as surprised. Um, and then from there, it was just doing all the tests. So MRIs and CT scans and blood work and all of it, um, and mammograms and what have you, and just waiting for all of the test results to come through. I had like the most amazing nurse navigator who would walk me through all the reports, um, Adriana. And she honestly was a godsend because she would answer questions at like nine, nine thirty at night. Or she said, like, if you can't sleep and you have a question at one o'clock, you text me and I will answer or I can call anytime. So that was such a blessing. Um, and so, you know, as time went on, I learned that I was triple negative, um, from some of the tests, that's just where, um, breast cancer is normally fed by three different hormones. Sometimes it can be fed by more than one Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of research, um, on that type of breast cancer. Uh, triple negative is where they don't know what's actually feeding your cancer because you're negative on all three hormones. So they just don't have as much research um, or treatment options for triple negative breast cancer. And then I learned as time went on that I was stage three. And then I went to an appointment, um, actually a mammogram, and they got results back from an MRI at the time in London. And they had told me that they think uh, my cancer had spread to my bones. So at that point in time, I mean, they're not letting anybody in with you, right? Because because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I was by myself and all I could think of was, oh my goodness, I'm stage four and I have four children. Like, how am I going to do this? And I was just devastated. And so I went out to the car and thank goodness for moms because my mom was the one that drove me down. My husband would have, but at the time we didn't think we were going to get results right away. So I just thought it's totally fine. You get your work done and then we can all have like dinner as a family. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about it then or talk about it after. So how was your mom? Because I immediately go to being a mother myself and mm-hmm. 
And, you know, no, knowing that in that moment as a mom, you have to show such strength, but your world would also feel like it was shattering. How, how was your mom's reaction to your news? Oh, my mom is honestly one of the strongest people I know, like what my mother has been through in a lifetime and how she's been through it with such grace is incredible. So she just embraced me. Like I just fell into her arms and she totally embraced me. And as we we, we drove home together, we both kind of had our, we were silent and she had her tears because I looked over and I could see and I had mine. And then, you know, she just simply said things like, we will get through this and I will be there like every step, you know, and she's just comforting. So she didn't need all the details at the time and she didn't press and, but she was just a strong, silent presence that I needed at that time. Just like divine feminine energy wrapped around you. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's so beautiful. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. I'm sure that you had a period of time where you really did turn inward. And I think that most of us who have not gone through this kind of experience expect that, you know, I would just turn inward and I would want to shut out the world. But at some point you turned outward and and really started changing the world despite everything you were going through. Can you tell me about that and what yeah. instinct drove it? For sure. So in the beginning, I definitely went inward. Um you know, because I had to process a lot of it and I still process, right? There are some days where I just set my phone aside because I need that time for me to process what's going on or to think about um, next steps for me and my family or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in the beginning, I wasn't getting a lot of sleep, right? It was the first thing you would think of when you woke up. It was the first thing you'd think of if you rolled to the side to sleep at night, like it was just always on your mind. But the one thing that kind of brought me out of that darkness, I would say, was the hope that other people gave me on social media. Like being in a rural community, I'm not going to find a huge group of women that are, are necessarily going through this exact diagnosis, right? And, and thankfully. Mm -hmm. But when I went on social media, I was able to find other women diagnosed with stage four triple negative breast cancer who were also young moms. And it just, I could ask all the hard questions and they were so understanding and so empathetic and so able to answer based on their experiences. So I thought... I want to be that for someone else. That's why I share ultimately. And I have gotten a lot of responses from people with this diagnosis, just that are thankful to see that you can live with cancer, you know, and that it's not in this day and age, it's not an impending death right away. Right. Like five years ago, my oncologist said, if I would have been diagnosed five years ago, there was very little to no hope with my diagnosis. 
he said five years later, he has more hope. So that means something. Yes. And the other pieces now. Yeah. And the other pieces now that I have people following along with my story, I also want to do good in the world in the fact that we don't have a lot of research for my diagnosis. There are very limited treatment options. So once I'm done with the treatments that I'm able to access, I have no other options, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we obviously don't have a cure. So I just want people to be aware of their bodies and to be proactive. And I, and, you know, if people want to come along with me to add some funds so that we can get more cure, you know, or to potentially one day have a cure or to have more treatment options. Like I just dream of a world where my girls are at higher risk and even Conrad, I mean, men get this diagnosis too, just at a much smaller rate. Mm -hmm. Um, but I dream of them not having to endure some of the hardship that other women have had to. So not only have you started conversing with people about this and, and found strength in other people, you know, who are going through the same experience, but you've become a bit of an activist in terms of actually creating change. Let's talk about the booby box. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just thought I don't like the idea of just asking for people's money. Um, and I wanted to do something where I felt like they, you know, I know people are happy to donate to a good cause, but I also know there's a lot of good causes out there that people are likely already donating to. So I wanted it to be a little more special, I guess, in the sense that I just had this idea of getting this box together with locally curated goods, um, that women would hopefully love, you know? So I, I focused on like high quality, good brands, um, with very little sense, just because people can be so sensitive to fragrance these days and, and things like that. And it really all came together. Like businesses were so easy to work with and I've gotten a lot of good feedback and so much so that I've had like many people asking for a second. So, um, We're going to launch a second in January, ready for pickup or delivery on February 14th. So it's kind of like a Galentine's Day box. But the cool part is $50 from every box um, goes towards stage four metastatic breast cancer research, um, which there isn't a lot of funding for or research being done on the cell level. And it is being done on the cell level. Um, Yeah. So that's $10,000 that was raised the first box or the first set of boxes. And I told my oncologist that my goal is a hundred thousand and that might not be always through a booby box. I've got some other ideas, but Mm -hmm. I told him the deal is he has to keep me alive so that I can raise a hundred thousand (laughs) dollars. So we both had a good little chuckle over that. What a great goal. So the first round of booby boxes is sold out because I know people listening are going to have the same instinct that I do right now. I'm in. Like, Sign me up. Um, How can they watch for another opportunity like this? Okay, so 
I've definitely learned some things. Like last time, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, my good friend, Heather, I really have to mention her because she was, she really helped me come up with some of the ideas. And we we're like, let's launch it right at midnight on metastatic breast cancer awareness day. Well, then later we thought, what are we doing? Like we're both young moms who wants to be up at mid. I don't even <laughs> want to be up at midnight and I I'm invested, you know? So this time around, it will not be like that. Um, last time also, I only curated 200 boxes and I did that because a, I didn't know if there would be interest. Um, B some of the things I had to purchase like outright because they weren't sure the suppliers weren't sure if it would be in on time. So here I'm sitting with like 200 Turkish towels. They're beautiful. And I was like, I might end up having to be like Oprah where I'm like, you get a Turkish towel and you get a Turkish towel. You all get a Turkish towel, you know, like, cause if nobody buys the box, I've, I've got all these Turkish towels. Um, so I limited it to 200. So right now I'm just trying to see, whether we keep it to 200 or if we up it a little bit. Okay. So should people watch your Instagram? Maybe is that the easiest way to yes. follow Instagram this? Is, yeah. Instagram by far at H E V D because it's Heidi Elizabeth Van Dyke was my maiden name, but I'm keeping, yeah, I'm just keeping it. I mean, I'm a schlump now, but that is my Instagram name. H E V D. Okay, that's fantastic. I I can't help but wonder, so many people would look at your situation and think, how can she be so positive and out there doing things for other people and becoming an activist? I can't help but wonder how this kind of movement is feeding you. Oh, honestly, it's like next to my family and friends, it's everything to me because it is what keeps me going. I'm a goer and I loved being a high school teacher because I got to interact with people and, and, you know, it, it was just always changing and always challenging. So I definitely need that still, even though I know that I can't be in my physical workplace. And so this is kind of, this is, this is it, you know, yeah, it just, it does. It keeps me going. And, and when I do go to some of those dark places, I can be pulled out because I have other things going on that I have to tend to, mm -hmm. right? Which also like my family is great for that too. I always tell my kids they're my best medicine because they pull me out of that. You know, I maybe in a sense, I'm one of the lucky ones because I've been given such a different perspective now where I do take time to recognize the beauty in such small things, you know, and it's not always because I'm not a perfect human by any means. Um, and I'm not always in this place of peace. I, I definitely have my anxious moments and my sad days even, right. But mm -hmm. I can recognize the beauty and intricacy of a falling snowflake. Um, or, you know, sometimes I'm just so grateful I can wake up and make breakfast for my family. And so like the bubbling of butter in a frying pan, you know, um, or just I, I mentioned like holding your loved one's hands and just feeling, you know, all of the the wrinkles or the rough spots or whatever and, and realizing like 
that's aging, which is beautiful. And it's hard work, which is great. And just all those things where I said one day, you know, when I'm in a place and I'm not able, like I am now, I'm going to have to look to all the small things, like the comfort of a warm blanket or looking out my window and seeing the sunset. So just really appreciating and finding the little, the little things and the little moments is so important. I don't think I've ever heard truer, wiser words spoken. And you take my breath away. Um, is there anything we haven't talked about that we should? I think the only thing I want to mention is that, you know, a lot of people often say I'm inspiring or strong or brave. And, you know, I can only take a little bit of credit because all the kind deeds that were done on my birthday or all of the booby boxes that have been purchased are because of people and not because of me. Like I couldn't have done this without, without a community or without others. And so I just want to give the credit back, you know, and make people realize that they are, they are doing this. It's not just me. And they're fueling me, right? They're fueling me and they're gifting me to be motivated to do more or to get up in the morning or to think outside of myself. So I think that that's just, I really want people to know that, that I, you know, I don't want all the credit, to be honest. <laughs> I just don't want it because it's not all mine. I understand that, but at the same time, you are shining a pretty spectacular light out into the world right now. You are a lighthouse, so people are going to notice you and be guided by you. They're being helped by you in so many ways. So I'm going to say, even though you've just made the comment that you don't want too much credit, I would like to say an enormous thank you for the way you're showing up in the world and and the lessons that you're helping so many other people learn and the strength that you, that you are giving them and I just want to send you so much love for for you know how you're navigating this difficult journey. Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me. I mean, it's been such a joy and you are just you also are a very authentic comforting person. So thank you for providing a safe space to share. Thank you so much. I wish you the best. And we're going to be watching your story and, and we will be inspired by you every day, but no oh, pressure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter.